Look, up on the slopes. What is that? Well, it looks like a pair of cross-country skiers going downhill. No, it must be some alpine skiers with broken bindings. Wait, on closer inspection, it's... Those Telly Guys. Yes, welcome to the first episode of Those Telly Guys. I'm your host, Rich, and I'm joined by Morg. Say hello, Morgs. Hello there. Before we start, a little bit about us. We are a couple of Telemark skiers from Down Under, and we've been planning to do a bit of a podcast for quite some time. And, and you might have seen some of our stuff already around Instagram under the hashtag 75millantdead or maybe the Instagram account Telemark Australia. And here's a few things to remind you of those. So you're heading to the mountains to ski with your favourite Telemark buds to do some hardcore turns. And there's nothing more comfortable than stepping into a pair of 75mm boots. They're so organic, but some say NTN is the way to go. We're here to tell them... That 75mm ain't dead. And that was our first crack at making maybe something that had a bit of a following, but we were kind of resigned to the fact that we were kind of putting ourselves in a corner... Although we do love 75mm boots and we'll still praise them religiously, we also couldn't ignore the fact that there was many other tally brethren on different equipment. So we made something else to cater for their needs and this is it. Ever felt like you don't belong? Well, now you can. The creators of 75mm and Dead present to you... Telemark Australia. Plastic, leather, free pin, NTN, or even 75mm. It doesn't matter. This is the space for you to share content with fellow Australians and the outside world. So yeah, Telemark Australia was born and made the Instagram account and got a little bit of a following and have been putting up some content that probably is a bit left of field for some people. And that's the kind of content that we like. We kind of like the humour that we find in Telemark skiing and kind of running with the stereotype that other people assume about us. And that's the kind of content that you'll see and listen to from that account and on this podcast. But we couldn't run with the Telemark Australian name for this podcast because it just sounds a little bit too serious. Like the Tele Colorado guys, we put the cart in front of the horse and made a pretty formal name and that's not what we're all about. So we decided to run with those telly guys for the podcast. And we went with that because half the time when we're sitting on chairlifts and people look down at our bindings and they're flopping around, they go, oh, you're those telly guys. So it made sense just to run with that. And so those telly guys was born. Now you'll have to excuse some of our editing skills. We're learning as we go. Podcasting is relatively new to us and the additional challenge of social distancing and isolating has made that a little bit more tricky. Um, I live in the northeast of Victoria in a small town called Mount Beauty, pretty close to the Victorian ski fields and Morgs is currently living in Geelong which is four and a half hours away by car and four and a half days away by horse and cart. Um, so we can't really get together at this time so we're using different applications figuring it out so uh, we'll work it out won't we Morgs? Yeah. Now the layout of the show is going to be a work in progress at the moment we're just doing a little introduction and asking the question 
why telly, but in the future we're going to have some segments that involve some telemark stuff, but it's not just going to be about that content. We'll be interviewing other people that are stakeholders in Australian winters, um, obviously talking about a gear a little bit, comparisons, and um, having a good laugh. And that's going to involve including, well, I'm just going to leave it a bit of a surprise, some, some fun things, but the show will only run for about 15 to 30 minutes, no longer than that. So without further ado, let's get stuck into our first topic of this podcast, of this series, and uh, Morgs, why tally? And that is a very good question, Richard. Why should you tally? I don't know. It's a question that I try and answer all the time, to be honest, when everyone asks me that, particularly on chairlifts. Um, just, just to be different? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, uh, and, and, and I've been thinking lately, Richard, as everything in life can and should be drawn in an analogy with Star Wars, of course. And, um, you know, obviously te- telemark skiers are, are like the Jedi. They're, they're fighting for, for the good of the Republic. And obviously Alpine skiers are, are the Sith. They're, they're the Galactic Empire. They, they're the new norm. And, um, and snowboarders, I guess they're like... They're like the sand people, the primitive <laughs> <laughs> sand people on Tatooine. But you know, <laughs> well, that's um, that's a good analogy, I reckon. But it's, <laughs> let's hope that Disney never get their hands on it. <laughs> Otherwise, Tom Mark will be ruined. <laughs> well, um, no, I, <clears throat> we we laugh in jest, but of of course, I guess. Um, you know, we tally because we like it. Essentially, the term feels good. Um, the equipment is good. And I don't know. It's not a huge scene in Australia, but uh, there's a small community nonetheless. And we're part of it. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. It seems to me, although the snow scene in Victoria is seemingly somewhat smaller than in New South Wales, there seems to be a larger telemark scene in new south wales there's obviously more ski shops in sydney and uh, you know around the the blue mountains and jindabyne and down that part of the world but telemarking seems to be far more popular around perisher and threadbow than it is at falls creek and hotham yeah i guess the population of hipsters in new south wales is a lot higher than victoria as well (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, and uh, for those playing at home in North America or anywhere outside of southeastern Australia, really, um, Victoria has a handful of resorts and so does New South Wales, where our Alpine region exists. It's not a huge Alpine region, but um, tell you what, apparently we have more snow than Switzerland is a statistic I keep hearing. <laughs> in uh, and how is that quantified, though? I don't know. <laughs> but well, it's something that uh, I've heard on a chairlift, I reckon, you know, once or twice every season, someone will, will say that. Yeah. Um, on those bluebird days. Uh, we're a pretty big country, so I suppose that, you know, our Victorian Alps are quite wide, but not very high. Yeah. But they offer a pretty unique experience. I mean, like, yeah, you could be skiing down your favourite run and have a kangaroo bounce happily next to you and that's a pretty that's a pretty unique thing. 
And I mean, that happens That happens most weekends. Most runs. But yeah, for um, those uh, fans of telly in North America, um, I guess we are relatively unheard of compared to their scene. It's quite large over there. And geez, you're going to get a look at um, all the gear that's being sold on that Facebook group, Tarmark Exchange. All of it is nearly coming from the States. And it'd be nice for some of that stuff to float its way down here. Yeah, I mean, you can only dream of that really in Australia because there's just so... Well, for a start, there's hardly... It's hard to buy brand new Telemark gear in Australia and, you know, good second-hand telemark gear like good quality items is mm. sort of hard to hard to come by as well so you know when when things do pop up for sale in australia they're they're generally snapped up pretty quickly yeah uh, i think we we might get scoffed at a bit by the those other telemark communities in other countries that kind of laugh at uh, why we're still hanging on to the 75 mil ant dead hashtag and that kind of slogan but one of the big reasons is because that like you said gear's hard to get here and you know not all the ski shops will hold telemark gear and you've got to kind of take what you can get without having to splash huge amounts of dollars on it yeah yeah um well i guess uh, apart from the star wars and obviously wanting to be on the the light side of the force um you know what what is the appeal for you morgs why do you uh, choose to do the lunge down the hill. Well, it's it's different, like you said, which which definitely appeals to me. Um, I just I think it's it's just really interesting and quite fun. You know, it's it's good to be obviously. Yeah, it's 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 not about standing out in the crowd and being like, "Hey, look at me, I tell you." You know, it's it's nice to. Um, you know, it's awesome when you see other people telemarking out on the mountain or out when you're backcountry skiing as well. And generally, when you go backcountry skiing, there seems to be, you know, a higher proportion of people on telemark gear, you know, than when if you were if you were just in the resort, obviously, because there's, you know, hardly any sort of telemark rental places in Australia and there's generally a, not a whole lot of awareness about it. Um, but you know, for me, obviously the, the passion came from, you know, starting cross country and back country skiing while I was at university. And, um, you know, when I, when someone showed me, Hey, look, this is, this is a thing that you, that you can do and you can only do it on, on this type of ski. I thought, Oh, well, you know, that's, that's actually pretty cool. And, you know, everything seems to be so it seems to be so right and so natural with the telemark turn and you know i like the way that you know i like the way that it makes me feel i guess <laughs> i guess you know alpine ski skiers might say that about the alpine turn but but I, I like the way that tele skiing makes me feel yeah and how does it make you feel angry uh, <laughs> yeah it makes it makes me feel an ex extreme levels of angst you know it, it makes me want to vote for the greens and eat vegetarian um you know drive a car powered by vegetable oil you know all those sorts of things yeah, yeah. oh well that's that's how i feel when i tell you as well so i'm glad it's the same um, but more on where you learned how to tell you because we kind of well my first experience is a little different on tellies but 
Um, we both studied the same university course um, a year or so apart, but the tally scene there seemed to be pretty prevalent, didn't it? Yeah, the tally scene was fairly prevalent at, um, you know, this unnamed university course that we both attended. And, you know, that was a good thing. And I guess the uni course had uh, quite a few little outdoor niche sports, you know, like whitewater paddling is obviously pretty pretty big there. Whereas, you know, that's, you know, obviously a bit of an outsider sport as well in in terms of, you know, things that people do with with their spare time but um you know it's it's definitely the whole the whole idea of cross country and back country and side country skiing particularly on free heel gear i feel like that's it's not very popular and it's it's interesting that you know a select handful of you know there's a couple of universities and a few tafe providers in australia that still do it and when you talk about um, you know, people taking school groups out to the snow, you know, cross-country or, you know, backcountry skiing is, is a pretty popular activity. Yeah, really popular. And I guess a lot of people at some point in their schooling career, if they've done out to Red in Victoria or New South Wales, there's a high chance that they might have set out upon the snow in a pair of tally boots on a pattern-based ski because that's, that's pretty widely used. Um, to get those kids out and enjoy the snow. So the gear is kind of there in large proportions, but um, maybe just for access, I feel, and not so much about learning how to tell you or anything like that. Yeah, because the step up to getting, like, you know, good, heavy or, like, super-duty kind of, um, you know, resort-style telemark boots or, you know, telemark boots that are going to be able to push massive skis around while you're skiing sort of steep lines out in the backcountry, you know, that sort of equipment is, you know, A, very expensive at recommended retail price and B, you probably have to get it shipped in from the United States, which costs an arm and a leg. Yeah, it sure does. So right after uni morgues, what made you pursue it after uni? Because a lot of people... In uni, we'll get the stock standard uh, photo on tally gear with a hashtag attached to it saying um, free hill live, but then never, never actually follow it after uni's finished. So what was the hook for you? I just, I, I wasn't really sure, but I, you know, my experience skiing was um, the first time I ever went skiing. My dad used to be in the ski patrol at Mount Sanguinea, which is this tiny little mountain down in South Gippsland near, it's it's like smaller than Mount Bourbour, it's sort of off to the side and it's only a cross-country mountain and people basically normally just go there to go tobogganing and we used to go there to go tobogganing but Dad was, you know, in the ski patrol there which was all volunteer and so we used to go up, you know, every year and, and I just used to hate the snow. I used to, like, cry because my fingers were too cold and I just used to spend the whole day on skis, on my ass, sliding down the hill because I couldn't stand up. Mm. Um, and then I never I never skied again until I came to uni and I was still, you know, I was, I was okay. I could sort of plot around, but, you know, I was pretty shit. I fell over, you know, a fair bit, you know, and... And, e and even moving moving through the university degree, I, I was just like, you know, I, I was like skiing, it just seemed cool 
And, you know, I had, had this other friend of mine, Sam, who was really good at skiing. And I was like, you know, you know, he's, he's a cool guy and skiing looks cool. And telemark skiing looks really cool. I want to be, I want to be good at that, even though I was really, really shit at it. And I used to fall over all the time <laughs> and I was just like, I want to get good at that. And so I just, I just spent a lot of time trying and trying and like picking everyone's brains that I could see that knew how to telemark ski. I was like, you know, what, what do you think about this? How could I improve this? Why, why does my, you know, back ski keep sliding on top of the other ski when I'm trying to do a turn this way? And, mm -hmm. you know, it, and eventually it started to, you know, to, to make sense. And once, you know, once I could turn like to the left, but then not to the right, I, I had that going for a while and then I could turn both ways. And then, you know, from there, it's, it's a steep learning curve. And, you know, once you start to get good, you, you know, you become quite considerably better at, you know, the craft of telemark skiing and, you know, f you know, wanting to push onto the next step and become better and better, you know, was what sort of drew me to that activity. Like the, the whole art of trying to learn this funky, weird thing. Yeah. I guess it's a never ending battle as well. Trying to improve. That's always, something you can improve on that's something i like about it for sure and also deal with the zoolander effect um being able to turn one way and not the other <laughs> of, <laughs> of course, course yes it's a phase that that all 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 telemark skiers must go through i suppose yeah. unless you're like anakin skywalker and you are the chosen one well even ray i mean she picked it up quicker than him i'd imagine so you'd be you'd be a master by now if you had that sort of power. <laughs> Bloody Disney. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good little backstory. I guess um, mine was a little different. I also um, didn't really like the snow that much as a child with a similar, well, no, it's slightly different tobogganing experience. Um, <laughs> at Mount Buller, um, my father took us up there with um, the rest of my siblings and went to the toboggan slope and I remember, you know, kind of waddling my way up this this kind of shonky slope and there's, you know, there's hundreds of people on this thing. There's probably, you know, legally, there was probably too many people on that toboggan slope at any one time, I would imagine. Um, but it was chaotic and busy and I remember that as a kid. And I remember um, turning to walk uphill and this guy just comes roaring down the slope, like, you know, having a ball of a time, um, laughing his face off and just smashes into me and and knocks me straight into the ground and you know i'm in one of those you know um onesies you know so kind of uncomfortably as a kid trying to stand back up in this like puffy onesie and i get back up and then another dude comes down and smashes straight into me as well and you know i'm on the ground not too happy about being come <laughs> twice by um you know tourists from melbourne and yeah being very cold and very hurt so i also did not want to go back to the snow ever again and subsequently didn't until i was in tafe yeah and, and during this tafe course out to recreation we went to um mount sterling um and before that i did a ski camp at, at school and whatever and got um got that sense that it was something fun but also kind of out of my grasp because it was and it's quite an expensive task with a lot of planning that you needed to 
put in to do it and being from western victoria not anywhere near the snow it wasn't didn't sound like it was going to happen so during this tafe course i get another sample and and this little sample was actually on telly gear but i didn't even know it was telly gear at the time you know i just thought it was you know camping skis yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something you took camping because there was a free heel to it and um we learned about these pattern-based skis that allowed us to go uphill which was pretty cool and we went up to Mount Sterling and, you know, cracking weather for it. There'd been a big dump before it. And, um, you know, we made all these snow caves and things that were really good fun. But we got to the summit of Mount Sterling that trip. And our instructor had a bunch of skins. And um, he said, anyone that wants to make it easier for themselves, you can take these. And a bunch did. But I, I stubbornly, um, you know, herringboned all my way up there. Um, <laughs> just to show I could do it, I suppose. And, and thought I had mastered this... Uh, cross-country skiing technique with these pattern-based skis. You know, I'd got to the summit of Sterling and then our instructor does this strange-ass turn and, you know, I'd, I'd parallel skied at this Unite Ski Camp before and I thought that was skiing and our instructor comes down the summit of Sterling all the way back to our campsite down at, um, oh, near TBJ and he's doing these lunge turns and, and it looks really cool and I'm thinking, what? You know what is this? And he and you know he said, "Mate, this is this is Talamark skiing. It's it's probably a bit beyond you at the moment." (laughs) 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 And uh, ever since then, had a pretty keen interest, but um, uh, not for a while. Yeah, it really wasn't until at uni where the the bug was actually caught and. I chased it full time. Yes. Well, I mean, uh, given the given the current COVID nineteen pandemic, do you think this uh, spells out sure death of uh, alpine skiing in Australia? <laughs> well, that is a very good point. That's <laughs> a good segue to maybe we'll talk about that more in the next episode. But um, yeah, we I mean, we're definitely unsure if we're going to get a season happening at all. And I live pretty close to the snow as almost as close as you get other than living up there in a small town called Mount Beauty. It's only 30 odd minutes from Falls Creek, one of Victoria's biggest ski resorts. And even here, we have no idea if the season's going ahead. You know, people that work up at the resort that come down are shaking their heads every time they come down. It's almost like the streets are lined with, you know, people waiting for an employee to come down the hill um, so they can tell us if the resort's going to open or not. And it's like they're shaking their head every time saying, we're not sure. Next week, we're going to find out. Um, God. So it's no idea about the resort opening at all. But you're right, backcountry could be on. It could be a lot of people in the backcountry. <laughs> yes, look out, everyone. Get onto backcountry.com and buy your um, buy your beacons and your probes. You know, safety first. You'll also need a full denim tuxedo, which I've seen before. <laughs> Uh, quite yes. a few ski resorts. I imagine they'll sneak their way out to some of the backcountry locations. No, well, yeah, denim, denim, denim pants and cotton t-shirts. It, it's it's pretty standard attire up on Mount Feathertop. Generally, you know, you only you only see a few up there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, you look smart too, which is all the business. I mean, it's all about looking good. As I, as I've always I've always said this, Rich. You know, like it doesn't matter how good you are as long as as long as you look good. I guess we're digressing a little bit here and we'll, I reckon we'll talk about the um, looking good and, and the backcountry scene and or maybe just the outlook for the season in the next next episode. But 
I guess have we answered our question, Morgs? Have we answered why telly? What why do we tell them? I think we've said we've mentioned we've touched on the kind of the challenge of it. You know, it looks good, it feels good. For me, that's one of the, the biggest reasons. Um you know, I did a season in Canada on downhill skis and and learnt a lot about, you know, edging and whatnot there, but when I came back and started telemarking full time, um the turn feels completely different for me, and that—that's what—that's why I love it. Especially in powder, it's just—it's incredible. It's, it's well, yeah, it's a feeling I can't articulate. I'm just well, I, well, I do have another thing. I guess for any for anyone that is listening that is into alpine skiing and uh, thinking about making the switch to telemarking, I, my my personal opinion is that telemarking is is probably helpful for for your um for your form as a skier i mean you know you see you see some people skiing down the slope and you know if if you're not a you know particularly experienced skier you might well you know if someone's not a particularly experienced skier you might see them their upper body moving um and pointing in the same direction as the front tips of their skis or their legs so their body is kind of you know moving from side to side as they're going down the hill but you know, a good alpine skier, you'll see them, they've got, you know, great hip movement, great knee movement, a little bit of bend in the knees, you know, their ass is poking back a bit and, you know, their legs are kind of moving around and their upper body is staying pointed down the fall line. Now, with telemark skiing, I find that, well, and especially when I was learning, you know, you go, I go to, you know, you go to turn left, so the, you know, the left heel comes up and the left foot goes back and you turn left it's you know it it really rips your rips your edges around and you mm. and you start to turn instantly but if your upper body stays pointed in the same direction as your skis you end up just doing a full 360 and then spin mm -hmm. out and start going backwards so yeah. telemark skiing really forces you to twist your upper body the other way so that it is always pointing down the fall line so directly down the hill so telemark skiing is useful for proper skiing technique i suppose i i agree man like um i remember making the transition from alpine to telly and you know i thought it was reasonably handy on downhill skis and um you know could could get around a lot of the a lot of stuff um might have looked like i was butchering it but when i got on tellies it really showed me how i guess lazy i had been on the skis and you know i couldn't get away with it anymore so exactly what you said, you know, looking down the fall line, um, getting good edge control, uh, properly weighting your skis there, you know, three big things that I had to learn how to do properly pretty quickly. So that's, that's yeah, that's a really good reason, I guess. And maybe that's one of the big reasons for me why I tell you is because it um, keeps you honest. Yeah. I feel like we've answered the question maybe. Yeah. Well, thanks very much. And... Um, Thank you. I'll catch you for the next one. Yeah. Well, that concludes our first episode of Those Telly Guys and covering the topic, why telly? And I'm sure we'll discuss that further into the future. Um, the next episode, we'll be having a bit of an outlook on the season, which is up in the air at the moment down here in Australia. Thanks very much for listening, and um, we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Those Telly Guys. Please subscribe to keep up to date on all the latest episodes or you can find us on Instagram. Thank you. Beep.